Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. And welcome back, everybody. Happy Halloween for all those who are celebrating. You all, we have a great episode today. We have Sari Feinberg, who is the SVP of Marketing and Content Partnerships at NBC Universal's Advertising and Partnerships Division. And we get into everything from how they find the perfect brand for BravoCon, the celebs, partnerships, everything in between. What makes a good partnership, which some of you might be wondering, like, how do you figure out what makes a good one? And she just breaks it all down for us. So if you like Bravo, if you like Lay's, if you like snacks, I don't know, this episode for you. And we're going to get into the nitty gritty and all of that. So happy Halloween. And I hope you enjoy this episode. And Sari, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, before we get started, we like to always start with the question, um, what the term young influentials means to you, and there is no right or wrong answer. So I think young people are more influential than ever. Uh, There are so many ways to get voices out and so many platforms now that some of the people I admire the most are young and influencers. And I really just think that young people are truly the future of business and obviously the future of the world. And so I have the utmost respect for the hustle that I see young people having right now. Come on. Perfect. Uh, Rough to a great start. Perfect answer. Just wrap it up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So before we get into all the cool stuff you're doing now, take us back to childhood. Did you have any like favorite shows or networks that you loved watching growing up? I absolutely did. And I say this not because I work at NBC Universal, but (laughs) NBC really has always been my favorite network. It meant so much to me growing up. All of my favorite shows were on NBC. And when I say childhood, you know, shows like Family Ties and Cheers and Night Court, which we have again on NBC now as a remake. And then like, as I got a little bit older, Seinfeld and Friends and then The Office and 30 Rock and of course SNL. So those were really the shows that I loved growing up and NBC as a brand meant so much to me and really still does because of all of the great memories I have watching these shows. No, so many of The Office and just uh, Will and Grace, just so many good ones. So many good shows. We could go on for generations. <laughs> I, I agree. And I think, you know, when I think about SNL in particular, you know, I think every generation for the last almost 50 years has had the pleasure of watching that show. And I've really had a full circle moment um, working here because I'm actually getting to work with SNL now. And I'm such a huge fan. I'm so obsessed with how the show comes together every week and really has been at the center of culture and has created culture. I mean, there are things, I heard this incredible story. Um, Lauren Michaels spoke at one of our events and he was talking about that he did a dinner with George W. Bush and said the word strategery. And George (laughs) W. Bush actually thought that he said the word. Um, And it was actually just Will Ferrell as George W. Bush 
saying strategery. George W. Bush actually didn't say it. So I think that's just a <laughs> story. Um, and I think, you know, I think about the cast that I loved growing up with. And I, I don't know if you know this, but we're getting towards SNL's 50th anniversary. We're just starting season 49 um, this fall. And we're getting towards SNL's 50th anniversary. And we had Lauren come talk to some of our advertisers. We brought him to Cannes. And we're really, we have a ton coming up with that show. And we're celebrating the 50th anniversary in a way that we have never celebrated before in that we're kicking off in the Olympics next summer. We're going to have a giant event at Radio City Music Hall. We're bringing friends of the show together, former cast, it's going to be amazing. And just being so intimately involved in the preparations for celebrating SNL's 50th has been truly a dream come true. Again, back to the shows that I loved growing up. This was tops. No, I'm just thinking of it now. Yeah, there was, there's so many like good favorite, like I'm a huge Pete Davidson fan. So there's just so many, like even thinking beyond that, there's so many favorites and different sketches um, that I loved growing up. Like I remember in high school, we used to, we were all like theater people. So we would always like memorize like different skits and then try to like implement it throughout the week. <laughs> and our teachers would be like, what are you guys, what are you guys doing? And we would just be reciting back like lines from the episodes and like the skits. And everybody would be like, you guys are weird. And we're just like, you guys need to watch SNL. Like it's so good. <laughs> it's amazing though. I have say, you know, like people, the catchphrases, you could say a phrase and People who love that show from across generations will know what you're talking about. Or, you know, we're just about at Halloween uh, today. And there's every year like an SNL-oween where people really go all out and dress up like characters from like, again, from Wayne's world to current, you know, and it's really just it's such a big part of culture. So I don't think it's weird. I think it's cool. Uh, thank you. Uh, um, but kind of fast forwarding in your career, like, what was your first introductory role into the TV space? Like, have you always been in this space or was there something that kind of like got you, got you involved in this um, orbit? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it back a little bit. So it's interesting. So I thought I was going to work in an ad agency. I was a, an advertising major at the University of Florida in the journalism and communication school. I loved advertising. I actually thought like if you were an advertising manager you went to work at a creative agency or a media agency and so all of my internships were at ad agencies um every and uh, you know from account management to media buying and so I worked at gray advertising one summer and again thought that was where I was going to work I loved being there so much and I had met a friend there that I stayed in touch with and as I graduated he told me that he worked at Turner Broadcasting, which is basically CNN, TBS, TNT, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, which is now part of Warner um, Warner Brothers Discovery. And um, he said, I'm, I'm looking, you know, I, I know an executive who's looking for a job. And I was like, what's Turner? And like, doing what? And it was on the ad sales side. Um, and so I, I went on an interview, and I, I joke about this a lot, but I borrowed um, a friend's sister's email address, an AOL email address to send my thank you note. Um, but I went in on interview Friday at this TV network, um, you know, this this company that had ne uh, networks. And I got the job on Monday at Turner Broadcasting. And that was my first job. So it was in TV. Um, it was working across Turner 
Time Warner and Warner Brothers to put together partnerships for brands. And so I, I was an assistant supporting a senior vice president and it was really like one of the first groups of its kind in the industry. So it was really cool in that like I got to learn TV. Um, I got to see a day in the life of an executive and like help him make his life easier. But I also got to really work on projects and like learn about the industry a lot at a really early part in my career. Um, And then after that, outside of a very short stint at American Express, I've been on the media side forever. So I worked at NBC for a couple of years. Um, I actually worked on Bravo when NBC bought Bravo. I always love to tell people I I worked on season one of the original Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Oh my gosh. I worked on season one of Project Runway and I got to like do partnerships like bringing wine companies into the show and toothpaste into the show as integrations. Um, I, I was at NBC for about three years, like I said, and then I went to work at Screen Vision, which is cinema advertising for two years. And I just missed working at this company. And like, as I was starting to think about leaving Screen Vision, I got a call from an old boss to come back. And that was almost 17 years ago. And I, I just want to say, while I've been here for a long time, really the majority of my career, I've had a lot of different jobs that have made up this incredible journey that I'm on. And I've held a lot of different roles working broadcast, cable, streaming on the entertainment side, entertainment news. And and truly, it's so exciting. And I say this for the listeners, like, it's so exciting what I tell people who are early in their career looking to make a move. NBCU is a really a great place to work. And why I've stayed here for so long is I've had this incredible career in this industry made up of a lot of different jobs. And I've gotten so many skills and seen so many different parts of the business and been able to grow and follow my passion, but also contribute to the company's growth in a lot of different ways as the industry has continued to evolve. That's that's so cool. And so like kind of looking into now, so what is your current role there now? And like, do you still do kind of the same thing with like the partnerships and all that stuff? Yeah. So right now I am senior vice president of creative partnerships in the advertising and partnerships division at NBCU. I oversee a team, I think there's about 45 of us on my team that develop partnerships for advertisers around content across NBCU. So we work on marrying brands with content from reality shows to award shows to holiday specials like Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade or the tree lighting, entertainment news, syndication, WWE, late night. I know I talked about SNL. We work with, you know, Tonight Show, Watch What Happens Live, late night with Seth Meyers, And basically, we look to take our content and bring advertisers in and around that content um, to create activations in both English and Spanish. So I work on all the English language networks and also Telemundo and all those genres that I just mentioned. That's so cool. And like what's I think you guys do such a good job about like when you're bringing up like partnerships and the advertisers is I feel like it crosses generations. Like it doesn't seem like it's leaning too forward to one age group versus the other. Like, is there a strategy that you guys kind of try to do to be like, oh, this will be able to not just reach Gen Z and millennials, but this will also be able to reach like uh, Gen A, like even younger ones and also like our parents and stuff like that. Like, how does that kind of work for you guys to kind of like find that good balance? 
Yeah, I, I think it's a great question. And I think when we partner with brands, we first are really trying to understand the audience that the brand wants to reach. Like, so that's our kind of our, our first stop is to really understand who they want to reach and where those people are across our portfolio. So, you know, you named a lot of different generations. So are they consuming NBCU content on Peacock? Are they on social or, you know, are they on YouTube? Are they on linear television or all of the above? Right. And so what we do is we find who the advertiser is trying to reach and where those people are. That's kind of the first step. And then we look for content that we have across our portfolio that has really the same sensibility as the brand. So for example, if a message that a brand is bringing to market is really serious, we're not going to pair them with a comedy, right? We're going to find the right environment for them. And so once we kind of go through where the audience is, how they're consuming content, we then really try to understand and we'll, we'll bring a team together to brainstorm. And that can be people on my team. It can be people on our creative team, producers, programming executives, and client and really brainstorm and collaborate to see how and where we should best align a brand with our content. So what that means for people who might not really know is we may say, oh, you know what? This show and this brand make perfect sense together. And we have this great storyline coming up where we can bring the brand or the product directly into one of our shows through like an integration. Or in other instances, we can create custom content. If you think about like, I think you saw, and I think we may have talked about previously, uh, Sheena, Lala, and Ariana yes. for the Uber One campaign. So Good cool. Um, you know, so that was kind of, that was something that we created for Uber that was a take on their ad campaign, but with our talent. And then that ran across Bravo platforms, Peacock, social really took off and and really spoke to who uber was trying to speak to um so we do work with talent also to create content to reach those audiences again and i think the big thing is understanding where audiences are how they're consuming content on each platform is the heart of everything and really making sure we tell stories for those platforms so generally we try to make sure that what we're creating for linear works on linear and that we have authentic content for the different social platforms. Like we're not going to post the same thing on, you know, one platform as the other. We want to make sure that as fans are consuming our content and our brand partner content, we want to make sure that it resonates on the platform and that the people seeing it are receiving those messages in the ways that they're used to on those particular platforms. Cause I feel like a lot of times brands will be like, Oh yeah, we have this really cool fun campaign with this person. They just will, kind of copy and paste all the different platforms. Like you'll see the same thing on LinkedIn that you'll see on like TikTok or whatever versus like, I feel like you guys have really found the formula where to be like, oh, if this is on um, TikTok, like it's going to look like, it'll, it's going to show up differently. It's not going to be the same. And like you said, you want to make sure wherever you're putting the stuff's engaging the audiences on those platforms because everybody's not using the same platforms the same way. And it isn't, it's not going to resonate the same way by just doing a copy and paste. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's, and that's really the goal. And I mean, another example that like, I think is so much fun to talk about before the Barbie movie came out um, and was the huge success that it became Warner brothers came to us looking to help promote the film. And we brainstormed what an activation could look like. And we really thought like, what better way to promote 
Barbie than to look at like the Beverly Hills Barbies or the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills <laughs> and bring them into the Barbie universe. So we partnered with Garcelle um, and we thought she was the perfect sort of spokesperson for this campaign because she's a model, an actress, a businesswoman, a mom, a host, an author, right? Like she's just so versatile, like Barbie. And so we created a campaign with her. I don't know if you saw it, but it was so much fun. It oh, was, I did. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. It's essentially for anyone who hasn't. It's Garcelle getting ready to meet her friends for dinner. She sees this pink brush with a bee, a Barbie brush. Um, and she kind of, in a dream sequence, she's immediately transported from this like fast life she lives for all the reasons I just talked about. And she's transported into Barbie's dream closet. Um, so you see a classic Barbie, an 80s Barbie, a space astronaut Barbie. She's figuring out her looks for her dinner. And the creative was just so clever. It was so much fun. She posted on she posted that video on her social um, and got a ton of comments from the housewives. But we also did create a custom TikTok for this, again, to the point of creating for platform. Um, and we really know that creating content for all these generations we need to really tailor for platform and find the places to talk to them. And like you mentioned, uh, like Garcelle and stuff, that's kind of looking at the different talent and stuff on there, honestly, like a creator. So do you guys kind of work with creators also like positioning like stuff, be like, oh, this brand will work for this and this creator to help promote, say, like Below Deck or uh, Southern Charm or Real Housewives of New Jersey? Do you guys kind of do different things like that as well? Absolutely. So we have a roster of talent that we can tap into. Um, and so we're able to pull from talent that lives across all of our platforms. We, we call it internally kind of like talent as influencers. We have a dedicated talent team in the ad sales department that like, again, back to kind of the mapping of the brand and the audience they're trying to reach sort of this, we do go through sort of the same process with talent, right? It's like, who is the advertiser trying to reach? Who are the talent that really speak well to that audience? And how do we find the right messages to align with? So Garcelle, again, she works, her, her existence is very similar, again, in that fast paced way to the way Barbie was portrayed in the, in the movie. And so like, we really just try to find the right talent to deliver the right messages on the right platforms for our brands. No, and we're lucky to have, you know, an embarrassment of riches when it comes to incredible talents to partner with across our portfolio. No, like there's so many, like, and I feel like they're all natural. I like thinking of just like, not just the Garcelle one, but just like with Ariana and she, like, it's like perfect. It's like, they're also like brands and creators too. So it's like, not only is it the partnership we're seeing, it makes sense, but also we're getting to see like, their personalities and stuff shine through kind of off the screen and really engage with their fans and then kind of cultivate that community that they already have on these other various platforms as well. I think that's great. And I think another note also is if a brand has an influencer that they want to use, we also have the ability to bring the influencers into an activation around our content. So if we're doing something on a red carpet or a live event, we've worked with brands influencers before that can help tell those brand stories through our content or being on site at our, you know, events or around our shows. So there's a lot of different ways that we can work with talent. So we have this incredible arsenal, but we can also tap into people that are important to the brands as well. And speaking of talent, um, BravoCon is not too far away in, just thinking of beyond talent, there's also 
so many brands and things that just make sense. Like one of my favorites from um, RevelCon last year was the Lay's, the Frito Lay one, where they had the cool bags. Where it was, uh, I forgot what it said on there, but it was just like it was its own like Real Housewives tagline, and it was just it was perfect. It just made sense, and I feel like at RevelCon, it just really you guys do a really great job of just the brand alignment and just it just fits naturally where it doesn't seem like brand 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 but it's like a good mix of not just our favorite uh characters like branch and stuff but also the different advertisers that you guys bring in to just make it cohesive was it something like i might be salty but i'll always be golden yeah that one <laughs> i i saw that and i was just like this is magic yeah and i have to say i mean RavelCon is truly the ultimate fandom coming to life like this is a place um, where super fans of Bravo get to be around and hear directly from their favorite Bravo celebrities and really like immerse themselves in the worlds of Bravo. Um, it's it's truly the epicenter for fans of Bravo and passion and love for the contact with the celebrities. And I think like we have. So you said, I mean, BravoCon is literally right around the corner. I can't believe it. Um, so last year we had BravoHolics, as we call them, from across all 50 states and outside of the U.S. And we had, like you said, sponsors that leaned into the on-site experience. And it's just, this is our third year. And I'm thrilled because this is the first year. And I know you went last year in New York. This is the first year we're going to Vegas um, for the first time. So over the course of the weekend of November 3rd through 5th, which like we said, right around the corner, um, we're going to have over 160 Bravo celebrities at the Caesars Forum for a mix of panel conversations, Bravo Paloozas, as we call them. Those are events that are like about an hour, a little over an hour where people can mix and mingle with Bravo celebrities and eat and drink and meet and talk to fellow Bravo fans. And then we have all, like you were talking about with Lise, we have all these amazing on the ground activations and experiences and custom build outs that the network's doing, but also that advertisers are doing and they really live alongside each other. And it's just such an organic way for brands to be connected to this Bravo verse and the fans that are the most passionate about Bravo. Um, and, and I'll say like, when we were thinking about BravoCon this year, the team behind it really was set on reimagining the experience for brands and consumers and took really seriously the learnings and the feedback that we got from the last two years to really blow the doors off and leverage the footprint of the Bravo brand. So it's going to be truly amazing. I mean, I will tell you, I would love to talk a little bit about Lay's actually. So Lays is coming yeah. back. Um, one of our presenting sponsors. This is so cool. As someone who mentioned Ariana, I think you're going to just love this. Um, if you watch Vanderpump Rules, you know that Katie and Ariana are working on launching a sandwich shop called Something About Her. It was a big storyline last season. Um, so we're working with Lays on a custom build out that is a recreation of sorts of something about her. And so as part of this partnership, we're going to have this big space where we're going to have 
co-branded giveaways. We're going to have special chip recipe samples where fans may be able to get a unique taste of what's to come at the sandwich shop. Um, custom cocktails inspired by Ariana and Katie, maybe some bags, just a lot more fun to be had. And this one's really unique because Lays is tapping into the power of Bravo, tapping into the power of Katie and Ariana, who has, you know, been such an incredible beacon of strength over the last few months. And they're also supporting and uplifting a female and small business as it gets ready to launch. So this really, no pun intended, has like all the ingredients of a, of a truly organic, authentic, just incredibly clever and smart partnership. No, and that's the thing that I love most about it. It's just, it just like you said, it just fits and makes sense. So like when whenever it's coming time to plan and stuff, whenever a lot of different brands and part and um, companies are coming to you, well, how do how does that conversation kind of start to make sure that that nativeness and that naturalness comes about? Because that can be sometimes kind of hard to balance, be like, okay, like, I know you all want to work with this, but it has to make sense into the flow of the show. Like, is there special, like, questions or conversation things to kind of make sure that the alignment's really going to be there? So it's, it's really interesting. So I think, like, I, I talked a little bit before about how we look at who the brand's trying to reach and then where those fans are showing up and let's find the right content and right sensibility, right? And that's all true. But then there are a lot of times, and I say this is the case with Bravo often, that people are like, I need to partner with the housewives or Vanderpump, or I want to work with Ariana because of this, because again, that voice that that individual has or the tone of the show or the fans really speak to what the advertiser is trying to deliver to their customers. Um, So I think, so I think it's a mix of us trying to sort of like map out what works based on where an audience is married with, you know, Sometimes people just like love a show and they think that they're the people they're trying to talk to love that show. And how can we kind of overlay those two together? So, yeah, I think it just depends on the brand's objectives, who they want to reach, and we'll match the audiences to the show that share the same sensibility. Because I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh, everybody's talking about this. Let's do something. And then it's like why are you guys, this doesn't make any sense. Like, why do you, you obviously just want to work with us or do this because you want to jump into the bandwagon of what's all being talked about. It doesn't make sense. So I think that's really key and important. And I feel like definitely like attending BravoCon and just all the different things that people can see that the brands and stuff that usually are there, it makes sense. And it's something that's not just coming out of thin air because they want to be there, but it's actually makes sense. Well, let me give you a couple of other examples that I think builds on what you're So when you think about like everything you're saying, like makes me think about the word, which I know a lot of people use right now, but it's such a good one is authenticity, right? So mm-hmm. Clorox is coming on as a BravoCon partner for the first time. And like I said earlier, everything we built out this year for BravoCon was really based on consumer feedback from last year. And one of the things people talked about was bathrooms and wanting a really great experience in the bathrooms. And so believe this is just so brilliant to me. So Clorox is going to be our bathroom sponsor. And yes, you heard that right. Um, <laughs> they are going to have Bravo taglines in the bathrooms, making the bathrooms actually Instagrammable. Uh, they're going to be handing out samples of products and Doing using QR codes to secure coupons and discounts um, and enter sweepstakes. So imagine like the action continues, <laughs> even as you're going 
for the bathroom <laughs> here. So that's really fun. Um, again, and, and when you think about what makes sense, you know, it's really a seamless experience from one moment to the next without missing a beat, even if you have to run to the bathroom as you're going through your BravoCon experience. Um, I think another partnership that's really interesting to highlight is Wayfair. Um, so we have them coming in as a partner. We are creating custom lounge areas that when people kind of need a break to kick back, rest their feet, do a post, take a selfie, check their friends. Um, it's, we're really creating these custom lounge areas that are going to be essentially home away from home for attendees while letting them live like their favorite housewives for the weekend. The lounges are essentially inspired by four Real Housewives locations um, and talent. We're doing um, immersive video booths in this experience using AR technology so that people who are in the Wayfair area like can basically capture their own, create their own housewife tagline and post to social. So we're doing just a lot of fun things to really, again, bring brands into the BravoCon experience really seamlessly from start to finish. Um, and then the, no, so cool. the last one I just also wanted to talk about, just again, so much fun, is State Farm. So for State Farm, we're creating a big activation that is a backyard bash inspired by Summer House. Also, Craig. Um, and, and again, we're, ju- we're just looking for different ways for fans to experience Bravo um, while they're there. And this is a really cool... We're, cool thing that we're bringing people back to summer. Um, they can create their own, uh, you know, because of Taylor Swift, those friendship bracelets are big. Yes. We're doing a friendship <laughs> bracelet creation station. Um, we're doing Instagrammable moments featuring summer house inspired props. Um, it's really, really great. And for the first time ever, we are making sure people do not miss a beat. So for this one, we're doing something really interesting, which is we are doing a BravoCon morning show, which is going to be a daily live stream on Bravo's TikTok handle, hosted by Darren Karp and Paige DeSorbo, also from Summer House and Amanda Bachelor. And then at the end of the weekend, we're doing a Best of BravoCon recap show that's going to air exclusively on Peacock. So this is an evolution of what we've done with State Farm over the last few years. Um, So like the first year we created this She Shed, which was something that we did in New York. Last year we did the Bravo Hood. Um, And then this year we really reinvented and are doing this big backyard bash. So three different shows, three different activations, but really a testament to how we can get creative, how we can collaborate with a partner to keep these activations really fresh and engaging for fans that attend. No, that's so cool. And it's so funny. When you were <laughs> saying the Clorox one earlier, it made me think of Cy from Real Housewives of New York and how she always takes her toilet paper with oh her. So I feel like that's something. I-, <laughs> that's right. I feel like that's something that I would do. That is so funny to me. I, so when she walked into the house and she had that and Aaron was like, are you kidding me? I was sort of like, I would feel like Aaron would have that, you know, the, the right kind of toilet paper. But <laughs> I feel like I, I don't know where that was coming from. Uh, that that's like something I would do a pose with um at the bathroom activation, like <laughs> do like a cycle with that it is or something. So funny. <laughs> oh, and I feel like what's also really cool about um 
BravoCon, just like the shopping and commerce experience, I feel like it's not just a moment where it's uh, like, oh, here's your whatever. Like, I feel like, like you said, each aspect and each facet of everything is so creative and it has intention behind it, which I think is really cool about it, where it's like, oh, you're not just, say, getting merch from Sutton's boutique, or you're not just uh, getting just a regular, like, Bravo t-shirt, like, each each partnership in each station when you're doing, whether you're buying whatever, has like intention behind it, where it's also, like we said, an Instagram open moment or a really cool synergy with it. I agree. And I think, you know, there's something that we really built out this year in the commerce or shopping space, if you will, is we created a BravoCon Bazaar, as we're calling it. And it's a space where fans attending can buy products from their favorite Bravo celebrities. So there will be the merch from different Bravo celebrity owned brands. And then we also have partnered with an assortment of businesses of all different sizes and all different types of products that can sell directly to fans on the ground products that would appeal to them. So it's really runs the gamut from Bravo celebrity brands to other types of brands in this amazing shopping experience and they really have the ability to connect one-to-one with these huge Bravo fans. Oh, that's so exciting. Like, in my head, I'm just picturing, like, buying stuff from, like, Craig's brand from that. And then also, like, things from Sutton's. And then <laughs> I'm thinking of um, Lisa's brand Vita Tequila. Oh, yeah. Just, like, all the cool, just, like, how it just making it, like, a cool moment and instead of just, like, oh, yeah, I just ordered that off or whatever. But, like, really making it interactive and that like memorable moment that all people are going to remember forever. Absolutely. And I think what's so cool is the Bravo celebrities are there. And so I know last year, you know, you had a booth and, you know, so you had sewing down South and you had Craig Conover come over. I mean, that's a big moment for fans that are shopping on the grounds. And so we have many booths this year with Bravo celebrities and we know they're going to be stopping by to sell their wares. And so that's just, again, it's all about, this seamless experience from start to finish. So no matter where you are across the BravoCon footprint, you are truly immersed in this world of the your favorite Bravo celebrities, your favorite Bravo shows, and these brand experiences. It's going to be really great. It's going to be a party. <laughs> are you coming? Um, I, I I don't know yet. <laughs> I guess everyone will just have to stay tuned to to see on my stories if I make a stop by the something about her station. Wow, if you cannot <laughs> come, I will say we're going to also have a lot of content across our platforms um, this year. And we're based, we're doing a ton of on-demand content on Peacock and our bravotv.com microsite. We're going to have live look-ins on Linear. We're going to have tons and tons of social content from talent, from Bravo, from our brand partners, all of the above. So you will feel like you are there, but we hope you can make it. Uh, And that's the thing that I really like about it is I feel like last year, even when we were like waiting in line or going somewhere, like the content just on every platform stuff was on Peacock, stuff was on our social, stuff was on TikTok, like it was everywhere. And I feel like you were just constantly stayed in the loop. So like you said, you guys adding the morning show and the recap is just really going to take the experience to a whole nother level. It, it, it really is. And and we have some great, you know, surprises with our talent and it's, it's going to be really great. 
Uh, I'm so excited. But to to wrap us up for everybody who's been listening, that's like, oh, that sounds so cool how you guys are able to make these cool partnerships and things. Like, what advice would you have for somebody who's listening that's wanting to kind of do the same thing with their company? Like, find unique brands and advertisers that make sense to what they're doing and really creating something that uh, that that synergy like we've been talking about. So so I, I think, you know, I hope everything I said today makes you understand that our goal at NBCU is to help our partners reach their objectives in the most effective ways. And so depending on what a particular brand is trying to achieve and who they want to reach, we really can help match up where their audiences are with our beloved content and iconic brands across NBCU. So once we understand, I'd say the advice I would give is once you can articulate what your brand is trying to do, bring it to us. We can find endless ways to work together. And it's really anything we develop is truly a partnership, right? We get briefed. We ask a lot of different questions. We workshop things, you know, we'll present a bunch of different thought starters. It's, it's not like, you know, we, we want to bring to our brand partners, what is going to resonate with their audiences in the place that they are. And so hopefully you see from the examples that we talked through opportunities come in all different shapes and sizes, limitless in terms of what we can do. And and we have a really incredible team across the advertising and partnerships division who can help brands of all sizes. And I would say that advice for anyone who's listening who works with brands is being agile, fluid, sort of staying ahead of the curve because as we all know, just even based on the way we consume our content. I mean, on the way to work this morning, I was binging a show on Peacock, watching a clip on YouTube, and of course, always on Instagram. Um, The industry is just changing so fast and new platforms are constantly emerging. And so we are just learning and iterating in real time. And so I think it's important for brands also, or people who work with, with brands to really be agile and flexible and open. Because again, like, we didn't have TikTok a couple years ago, right? And now that's sort of a place where so many brands want to be. So again, I think it's just really knowing what you're trying to achieve, who you're trying to talk to, and and being collaborative and agile as you go through the process. I love that. Well, you heard it here first, people, from the Icon Herself series. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. Wow, how great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.